welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the capable Matt. Hello there. And uh, today we are talking about closing time. We are, but before we get there... Yes? I would like to talk about James Courtney. Right. Uh, Do you know who James Courtney is? No, if this is Doctor Who related, I can only think of some kind of relation to Nicholas Courtney, but I'm assuming that's not the case. No, James Courtney is our latest follower on Twitter. I promised him I'd say hello. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shows you how much attention I pay to our Twitter account. Um, yeah. Hello, James. Lovely to have you on board. Yeah. I sent him a little message saying I'll give him a shout out. Why not? Ah, that's very Thanks sweet. Thanks for the support. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's 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 both gratifying and slightly strange to think that there is actually anyone else in the rest of the world who wants to listen to this. I know, but imagine imagine if we're helping people get through lockdown. Oh, that's That'd a, be nice, wouldn't be it? That would be a lovely thought, yeah. yeah. It's certainly helping me get through it. Um, because otherwise... It's making it worse for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that, that, that figures. Um, I, I mean, having said that, I'll, I'll put my cards on the table here. Um, I don't love this episode. <laughs> I'd say this is possibly one of my favourites. Really? I think this, I think this is the best Cyberman story we've seen. You are kidding me! Yeah, oh, and do you know why? Bob. Do you know why I think that? Why? Because they're useless. Because they're barely in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, first things first. This is a sequel. That's weird, isn't it? We, yeah. we don't really do sequels in Doctor Who. Good good to see Craig back. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously it was just the case that, that everyone involved in the production of um, The Lodger had such a lovely time doing it that they were keen to uh, try and recapture the magic, which is always a dangerous thing, I think. Mm. Especially with a show like Doctor Who, where it's all about moving on and moving forwards and doing something different, to basically just be like, yeah, we'll just dip back into that exact same well. Um that's that's a that's a tricky one, and I do think it suffers a little bit from being a sequel. I as good as as good as elements of this episode are, and I don't think it's a it's a complete disaster by any stretch. Um, but I think it suffers from comparison with with the lodger. I don't think it is on that same level. Well, I thought the ending to the lodger was somewhat disappointing. I didn't feel that way with this episode. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll discuss the climax when when, when we get there, and I'll, I'll sort of expound on my feelings with that more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went I went into this with a, as open a mind as I could, bearing in mind that I've I've never particularly enjoyed this episode. But I was I was really keen. This is the first time I would have watched it since uh, since my son was born, and I was very curious to see whether that impacted how. I felt about it, mm. and it didn't at all. <laughs> really? No, no. It, 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 All the, the, the emotional beats about fatherhood. They just, I, and I don't know why they just didn't land with me at all. Um, which was really strange. Um, yeah, it just, it seemed, it seemed almost like it was like. I think because it was this kind of. TV version of fatherhood, 
Mm. And it was cutting a lot of corners because of time and stuff like that. But it just... It didn't have the ring of truth to it, to me. And I don't know whether... You know, I don't want to lay too much blame at, you know, James Corden or the writer. I don't know whether either of them were fathers when they were making this or not. But it it, it seemed a bit... A bit... Like... I think it, it, like like they were guessing at what this is what fatherhood's supposed to be, and it was more based on other depictions of fatherhood in TV and film and stuff, rather than depicting anything close to my reality of mm. it. If that makes any sense. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, that, that all being said, I, I suggest we so, just crack on with this one. One, I don't know one if, more thing oh, I wanted yeah, to ask. Yeah, yeah, go on. Is these Cybermen, without getting ahead of ourselves? Yeah. Uh, crash landed on Earth. Yes. So these are original Cybermen, not cross-dimensional Cybermen. They're certainly from our universe. Um, there obviously there are multiple origins of the Cybermen within our very own universe. So which one specifically they they relate to? Who knows? Doesn't really matter. But, right. def- okay. but yeah, no, they're, they're not they're not Cybus Industries Cybermen, which is why you'll know they didn't have the Cybus logo on them, which uh, the the Tenant Era ones did. Uh, I, I don't care enough to notice things like that. <laughs> One thing you'll, you'll you'll note is in the same way that like you know you've you've seen what what the Cybermen looked like back in the Second Doctor's era, the Cybermen are always being redesigned. Mm. So <laughs> well. Talking about things I do care about, yep. if we just hark back to last week, uh, this episode received a lower viewership than Family Fortunes as well. Yeah, I imagine that's going to be something. That, that's going to be my new rating scale. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of good episode, bad episode, <laughs> and all that. It's just simply, did it get better ratings than Family Fortunes? The answer to that will be no, every single time, I expect. Or at least yeah. every single time it was going up against... Uh, Family Fortunes. Who are these nearly 7 million people that are watching Family Fortunes? I just don't know. <laughs> right, we're not going down that rabbit hole again. No, no, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's get stuck into this, because there is plenty to talk about, I think. Mm. So, we open episode 12 of season 6 in Colchester. Yep. Initially, I thought it was London. I thought the department store that we see was the same one from Rose. But I mean, that was blown up, so it would have to have been in a new location. They could have rebuilt it. I mean, what's it been? Like, six years? Yeah, I suppose they might have. I mean, who knows? It might be a different branch of the same company. Yeah, yeah. And basically, the lights and all the electricity start flickering. Yeah which immediately gives us the signal that something's not quite right here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such easy shorthand, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but then, as we've already alluded to, we're reintroduced to Craig and Sophie. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, 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 how did you feel when they popped up? Like, were you expect, expecting that? Um, well, I, I really like the idea that, obviously, the Doctor's time is coming to an end... Yeah, and through all his companions, I just like the idea that he's got a friend. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, just that like he's just got one person that, when he's got a bit of spare time, that's who he wants to spend it with. Yeah, he's not he's not like roping him into adventures or anything. He's just popping round for a cuppa. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice idea, for sure. So, Sophie is going for a rest. She, you know, she's earned a break. Yeah. And Craig, he seems to be coping okay on his own. Well, you, uh, obviously, so- Sophie is doing that thing of, of having absolutely zero faith in his ability to cope. And I do what, like some of the dialogue here about, you know, saying, like, I mean, I've numbered food in the fridge and I may have drawn some arrows as well. And, yeah. you know, that's quite cute. Uh, and I think one of the things that I think the first big way in which this episode suffers in comparison to The Lodger is the fact that from that point on, Sophie's out of the picture. And, mm. and I kind of miss Sophie. You know, yes, well, she she's wasn't barely the fo- in the lodger as well. She wasn't the focal point, but she did have more scenes, and it was the the, the the focal point of that episode was her relationship with Craig, and in this one, obviously, it, it, it it's Craig and, and Alfie, his son. So I get why, from a writing perspective, you want to move her out of the picture so that you can focus on that that relationship and and not mm-hmm. have her getting in and underfoot and all the rest of it. But I, I don't know. Just on a, on a, on a on a basic level, I I just kind of miss having Sophie around because I I like her as a character and it's it's a shame that she's basically just written out of this episode for the convenience of plot. Um, but anyway, that's that. So back in the department store. One of the managers goes to check on the changing rooms. It's time to close the store. She's making sure that there's nobody going to get locked in. Yeah. And when she pulls back the curtain, just a Cyberman, just a Cyberman, trying on some new trousers. Yeah. Some corduroy slaps. (laughs) That is an image I would like to see. Business casual Uh, Cyberman. (laughs) Yeah. So it, it sort of jumps back and forth between... This and Craig at yeah. home for the first few minutes. Can, can I can I can I say with that reveal of the Cyberman? Um, I, I I I promise I will have nice things to say about this episode. But I I really dislike that they go for that reveal so early in the episode. Mm. It's like it's it's I think it's in part of the cold open, isn't it? It's before we even get to the titles. We've got our first view of the Cybermen. And yeah, yeah, it works as a hook to get people in, maybe. But um, I, especially given that they, they introduce another element of cyber law that has been off our screens for a very long time. Mm. What, why not just tease it with, with that first and just, you know, make this just something for the fans, as it were, rather than going straight in with, with, a, with a big old iconic Cyberman head? Mm. I, I think why don't they bring back those monster Cybermen? You know the big what? shaggy dog ones from Victorian era. <laughs> oh God, they were awful. <laughs> the worst thing we've seen. Yeah, I mean, say what you like about the Cybermat, it's it's still an improvement on uh, on uh, on the what were they called? Cyber Shade. That was it. Was it? Yeah, the the cyber shades. They were cyber terrible. <laughs> Just a rug with a cyberman mask. Anyway, <laughs> so the doctor calls to see Craig. Yeah, uh, he's just basically saying hello and goodbye before he goes to die. But he notices something's wrong. He senses another biological signal within the home, and he realizes Craig has a son. And not only does he have a son, 
but his son, when he speaks to the Doctor, is an evil overlord called Stormageddon. Or at least that's how he chooses to identify. Yeah. I bet you regret calling your son Absorbaloff when you could have called him Stormageddon. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, but... Absorbaloff is a lovely name, though. It really, you know, has a lovely ring to it. So, as the Doctor's leaving, he's heading back to the TARDIS, and he can't help but notice these electrical fluctuations. All he wants to do is get in the TARDIS and be on his way. He's going to go watch the universe align or something like that. Yeah. And all he wants to do is get on with that, but... The hero that he is, he can't ignore these electrical fluctuations. So, as a bit of a guise to stay on Earth and go undercover, he now works in a toy shop. Mm-hmm. Where well, he ru- runs into Craig again, conveniently. Well, to be, to be clear, it is uh, the toy department of the same department store. Yeah. Although, it's made out to be a department store, but it's quite obviously like a shopping mall that has more than one shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was just, you know, for the convenience of shooting. But, uh, but um, yeah, I, I mean, good fit. If you're, if you're an, a, um, uh, a, a department store hiring uh, the Doctor, you would definitely stick him in the toy department. Or, it, it, I mean, at least the 11th Doctor, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So... Craig... I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to think if there were any incarnations that you wouldn't stick in the toy shop. Uh, Third Doctor could definitely... You could put them in ladies' wear. Uh, I wouldn't put the First Doctor in, in a toy store. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not going to end well, is it? I'd be fearful of accusations. What? I mean, could you... I'll tell you what, First Doctor, you'd have to shove him in, in, the, in the stock room, wouldn't you? Yeah, you just couldn't have him mixing with uh, with the with the with the punters. Yeah, he'd be he'd be one of the, he'd put him on the night shift so he can't <laughs> interact with people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we must move on. Yeah. So as he's talking to Craig, he sees something whiz past. The Doctor's playing with like a remote control car that's moving around the ground quite quickly, mm-hmm. but then there's something else. Does the same. Yeah. So, Craig cottons on to the fact that if the Doctor's here, it means there's some bad juju going on. Yeah. So, the Doctor alludes to the fact someone's been using a teleport relay in the shop. Yeah. So, they go to investigate. They have a little... They go in the lift, don't they? They say the lift is where the teleporter is. I mean, uh, uh, we should sort of, sort of mention the kind of... One of the central tensions in this sort of first half of the episode is... First of all, the Doctor doesn't want to get involved, but can't help but get involved because it's the Doctor. And then he's trying really hard not to involve Craig in it, but Craig is, you know, quite insistent on kind of tagging along. So they've got this kind of... Th- this. And and this kind of all relates back to his feelings about Amy and Rory and not wanting to, you know, endanger them with uh, mm. his shenanigans and, and stuff like that. So, Now, how far into the episode would you say we've reached here? 10 minutes? 15 minutes? <sighs> We're probably c- close to around 15 minutes, I feel like. So this is the point in the episode where I stopped watching it for about two hours. And went and did something else. 
Uh, I went and painted some Warhammer for about two hours because I was just like, not really feeling this episode. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, I broke it up as well. But that's more because I, I'll be honest, I quite often have to, just with, um, you know, fatherhood and all that. Actually sitting down and watching something on the TV for 45 unbroken minutes is quite a challenge. Same. Mine was just, I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. I mean, and you're saying you, you like this episode. Yeah, it was okay. It was harmless. Yeah. But, yeah. I still needed to break it up. All good things in moderation. Fair enough. So, when they go down in the lift that I think is originally broken, but the Doctor fixes it with his sonic screwdriver, they go down and this is the first time that the Doctor notices that it is Cybermen. I quite like this little bit where he doesn't want Craig to see the Cybermen and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So in order to distract him, he gives him like a hug and tells him he loves him. (laughs) And every time Craig's about to turn around, he just hugs him that little bit tighter to stop him. Yeah. But yeah. And can can I, can I say as well, um, without wanting to, to, to harp on it too much, it's, I really love the way the scene is written in that, Craig isn't... It, there's none of that sort of, like, casual homophobia about it. There's no sort of, like, you're a bloke, though, kind of thing. It's just like, oh, but I'm spoken for. You know? yeah. <laughs> that was really sweet. Um, but... Uh, and, and I feel like if that, if that scene had been written even just two or three years prior... I mean, maybe not with our, you know, RTD wouldn't have let that get through. But like, I'm just thinking back to like things like, have you revisited Friends? Uh, my my <laughs> wife effectively watches Friends on loop. Yeah. And oh man. If you watch that, the worst thing you can be in the nineties is gay. It's so bizarre, isn't it? Because otherwise, yeah. it's it's a such a harmless show. In so many it, ways. There's one it's... episode where Ross and Joey enjoy a nap together. Uh huh. And. The whole premise is they had a really good time having this nap, but it's really gay to sleep together. <laughs> it's pathetic, isn't it? It really it's, is. It's really it's is. such it, and it's like th- that was that was only twenty years ago, you know, or well, I guess uh, the earlier ones. It's closer to thirty at this point, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you I know, it's, it was in it our ninety-five till two thousand and five. It ran mm, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I just I liked that if you're going for the thing of uh, two characters who aren't coded gay nor ordinarily having that kind of like a moment like that, the the, the fact that they didn't go with any kind of casual homophobia for the sake of humour. Um, and it's still a funny scene. Like, it's not like mm. it's not funny, um, but it's funny in a way that isn't malicious. Which is really nice. Anyway. So when they resurface, having seen the Cybermen, uh, there's like this this kind lady that works in the shop that's befriended the Doctor as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she thinks they're a couple as well. Yeah. But she also tells the Doctor that she saw a silver rat the other day. Yeah. Now, uh, what, uh, were you starting to piece it together at this point? I don't know how much you recalled of the Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah, we'd seen these before. They're like the little woodlice creatures. Yes. They look better nowadays, don't they? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, 
<laughs> Still quite silly. There's only so much you can do with the Cybermat to uh, bring it into the modern era, I feel like. Um, and they try their best, bless them. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, you might want to elaborate on this little point, but I've just written, when talking to a shop assistant, Craig acts like a pervert. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so he's trying to investigate. He's... Yeah. But he's asking all the wrong questions. Yeah, I mean, it's it's classic sort of fast thing, isn't it? Um, I feel like <laughs> maybe slightly overplayed, but, you know, it's it, it's kind of funny. And the... Yeah, I, I guess the, the, the thinking is, like, Craig is just... He's never really tried investigating before, so he's going for charm. But mm. the end result is just utter creepiness. So, whilst talking to this shop assistant, the doctor sort of intervenes to try and get Craig off the hook a bit. And the assistant tells the doctor that her supervisor hasn't turned up to her shift. Uh, so, the doctor works out the Cybermen must have taken her. Yeah. And that... The rat is a cyber map. I think they catch it at this point. So they go on like an overnight stakeout mm -hmm. to see what's really going on in this shop. Yeah. But before we get there, the Doctor sees Amy and Rory. Oh, yes, yeah. It, and, it, and it is just a tiny little cameo in this episode. And like he even goes to the extent of like hiding from them. Because uh, I don't think we've made it... It's explicitly clear how long it's been since uh, the events of the God Complex at this point. But we know it's been at least a while because, you know, the Doctor mentions that he's been travelling alone for a bit to Craig. And, uh, and yeah, so, so it, 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 you know, he has this moment where he sees them in the shop and just kind of hides behind some, some uh, clothes rails. Mm -hmm. And watches as as a little girl asks for Amy's autograph. Yeah, because she's now like a model. Yep. And she is modelling a perfume that has the tagline, for the girl who's tired of waiting. Yeah. See what they did there. Also, the name of the perfume, Petricor, which uh, is a reference to your favourite episode, The Doctor's Wife. Oh, God. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Poor episode. Poor episode. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, a, a lovely little moment just reminding us that they still exist. Yeah. So, um... I told you they'd be back. Yeah, but, but what if that is their last appearance? That's even worse than last week, surely? Well, by the end of this episode, we know it's not their last appearance. <laughs> I guess. I mean, we don't know for definite. We know that how it loops back to the start of the series, but who knows what, what we're actually going to get in uh, in the finale. Mm. So, the Doctor and Craig are doing this overnight stakeout. And it's at this point where they catch the Cybermat. Yeah. And unlike the ones we've seen in the past, it now has massive big teeth. Yeah. I mean, is this where Craig's shouting like, silver rat, real <laughs> mouth? mouth? I think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the Cybermats have never had teeth before. I think that's a new... New edition. No, when we've seen them in the past, they are just almost like 
little droids for running about doing jobs, aren't they? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, again, it's just just an attempt to do something different, isn't it? Um, just yeah. cause We've I... certainly never seen them attack in what I've seen. Yeah. Whereas here it does the little bit of Monty Python and leaps up at Craig's throat. <laughs> yeah. So the security guard that we've been introduced to earlier, he was present when Craig was being a bit weird, is attacked. Yeah. And the doctor works out that the Cybermen are using spare parts to convert people, which they've never done before. Mm-hmm. So he knows that their behaviour isn't typical of Cybermen. There's something bigger going on here. Yeah, yeah. So, at this point, the Doctor speaks to Craig's baby. I don't think we've mentioned the baby's called Alfie, really. Yes, yeah. And says he's old, he's near the end. And how, know, how, do, how do you feel about the fact that the Doctor can speak baby, by the way? We've, we've seen it before, haven't we? Have we? I'm trying to recall. Maybe we I'm, have. I'm certain... I can't put my finger on it, but I'm certain we've seen it before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a modern series thing, but it is something that's quite... Uh, it's not the last time we'll see him speaking to a baby and, and like having an actual conversation or being able to translate what a baby's saying. So uh, I can't remember where we've seen it. Yeah. But... No, you could be... Oh, could he, spe- be right. he speaks to Amy and Rory's baby. Oh, yeah, so it's earlier in this very series, yeah. He speaks to baby Melody. Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, you're right, I remember now. I remember. I knew I'd seen it somewhere, but yeah. then I couldn't think where we'd seen a baby before, yeah. except for the most important story in this series. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's a lovely scene, actually, that scene where he's, he's sort of talking to, to Alfie in his cot. And, and... Yeah, because I, I like it where it doesn't he say something like, I hope you have as much fun with your life as I have. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of saying, because, you know, Alfie's having a bit of a cry and he says, oh, you've got so much, so much to do, still to do, you know, save the tears for, for when you're older. Um, mm. Yeah, there's some lovely little bits of writing dotted around in this episode. And and, and again, like, I, I feel like I'm a stuck record. Every week I just have to, to praise Matt Smith's performance. He's yeah. so good. He is, and he's getting better as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. The way he, you, he's such a young guy in this, but you feel the age on him. Hmm. And that's yeah. that's really impressive. So once he's had this nice moment, um, it's worth pointing out at this point, Craig isn't present because he's gone to get some milk to make a brew. Yep. Uh, but the Cyberman that they'd caught earlier sort of comes back to life yeah. and attacks. Yeah. So the Doctor is protecting baby Alfie whilst sort of fighting this Cyberman. Yeah. And he ends up locking the Cyberman in the house and taking baby Alfie into the back garden. Yeah. Except Craig returns from getting the milk yeah. and is attacked again. Yeah. So, so we, we, we just... We just get get a bit more nonsense, basically, with the Cybermat. So there's one point I want to raise here. Yeah. When the Doctor takes out the Cybermat, yeah. he recalibrates his sonic screwdriver to basically make it a gun. Yeah, basically. It shoots uh, a little laser somehow. Yeah. Have we, we haven't seen that before, no. have we? Like, no. Famously, he doesn't like guns. 
Yeah. Except he carries one. Well, all the time. Okay. Uh, f- f- so the out of universe explanation that I can think of, and this is not, I haven't like read anything that confirms this, but I feel like it was a last minute editing choice to be like, we need to make it clear that he's he's killing the the Cyberat, like zapping it dead with with his sonic screwdriver. Audiences need to understand that that's what's going on. We'll just we'll we'll show a little green laser zap out of it and be done with it so mm. i feel like it was probably just a compromise kind of decision because some producers just like oh we need to make sure that everyone understands what's going on um it it's dumb and i hate it <laughs> just yep. gonna just gonna make that clear um in universe the way i head cannon it it's not a gun the energy that he is creating with it i feel like is specifically designed to disable the cybermat which is essentially a, a predominantly inorganic non-sentient thing mm. and also let's be clear it is part of the cyberman and, and he has no qualms about blowing up cybermen if it's that or or, or humans or, or some other race that is rather more deserving of uh being saved mm. so um, yeah, it's fine. It, 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 it's gun esque, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's it's a it's a full on capital G gun moment. So there's a good little reminder here. The Doctor again, I think, when he's talking to Craig and Alfie, brings up the phrase "silence will fall" when the question is asked. Yeah, because although we know we're leading to the Doctor's death, the sort of question and the silence have almost taken a back seat because since we've seen him overthrow the silence in the past yeah we we've sort of put that in the back seat yes yeah yeah so it's it's a it's a nice little reminder that there is you know there is still some something more to be done with that Mm. so he says tomorrow is the day I die, but Craig's asleep, so he doesn't hear that part. Mm. So the little, little little note, by the way, for any uh, for any new fathers, don't fall asleep with your baby on you. It's not safe. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's something that that gets covered in in your um, what do they call it now? It's been, oh, my mind's gone blank. It was that long ago. Pre prenatal, yeah, um, classes, yeah. It's, uh, you know, if you're if you're going to fall asleep and the baby's falling asleep, make sure that baby is lying down in a, in a cot. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just mentioned that. Uh, yeah. So the doctor returns to the shops, and when he's investigating the changing room where people seem to be disappearing from, mm-hmm. he notices it's not a teleporter at all. There's just a door. The mirror in the changing room presses into a door. Yeah. So he follows a tunnel downward, and there's a Cyberman base, which is a crashed ship which has been dormant for years, centuries, I think they said. Yeah. Said. So and so basically, yeah, they 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 plumped this this shop on top of it, and it was only like when they sort of put the electricity in, and and that's the point at which they started to gain a bit of power that they could leach off yeah, of. Yeah, they're leaching the electricity, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. 
So the doctor's captured by the Cybermen. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, Craig has followed him through this tunnel armed with a deadly weapon. It's just yep. a barcode gun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good bluff, though. That's Doctor-esque, I'd say. You yeah. know, let's not let's not forget the time he tried to um, convince uh, some Daleks that a jammy dodger was a TARDIS self-destruct button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it works. It works. Well, for a moment. So, because... <laughs> The Doctor can't be converted into a Cyberman. Yeah. But Craig can. The Cybermen capture Craig instead. Yeah. They're specifically, um, they, they, they want a new Cyber Leader. Yeah, Cyber Controller. Yeah. And the Doctor fails to save him. They're pretty successful in their conversion. Yeah. Craig. Yeah. Until... From above, because he'd handed Baby Alfie to the lady that's helped them throughout this episode. Yeah. He hears Baby Alfie crying. So, up until uh, before that moment, did you have any concerns for Craig whatsoever? Not really, because, <laughs> like, bad things never really happen that much to really good people in Doctor Who. It's very rare. You know, if something bad's gonna, if something's bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to the Doctor, his companion, or people that don't matter. <laughs> and especially given that this is such a light episode overall, that would be such a downer, wouldn't it? Yeah, imagine if like the Doctor had to go back to Sophie and be like, oh, uh, you're a single mum now, and a widow. <laughs> like, oh, like, man. That would not be an appropriate end to this episode. <laughs> it really so. wouldn't. It really wouldn't. But obviously it does mean that it ends up ringing fairly false again, I feel like. Um, but anyway, yeah, he hears his, his baby crying and power of love, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, so it halts the conversion. Um, didn't really understand this bit, just for no reason. The side of men all go nuts and explode. Okay, so the power of... Craig's emotions, his love for his son, was sufficient that it that it sort of forced its way back through that sort of Cybermen hive mind thing, mm. and and basically fritzed all of their emotional inhibitors. And as we have established previously, if a Cyberman's emotional inhibitor goes doolally, it will just explode. Yeah. It's like Frankie goes to Hollywood said, purge the soul, make love your goal. Always remember that when you're fighting Cybermen. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, hooray. <laughs> yeah. Cybermen defeated because, because Craig loves his son. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, so the Doctor and Craig escape, and when Craig goes to reclaim baby Alfie, he turns around and the Doctor's just disappeared. Now, I, I genuinely did think at this point he probably has just disappeared. He's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Yeah, he's, but, still, he's off for the, to see the alignment of Exodor. Yeah, but when Craig gets home, the Doctor's nicely redecorated the house for him. Yeah, put some nice pictures of Alfie up. Yeah. Replaced, and, the, replaced the, uh, the smashed uh, glass in the, the door that he smashed through when he was rescuing Craig. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a nice... Nice little matey moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, a couple of important things, though. Uh, just on the sideboard, he picks up some blue envelopes and says, oh, can I just borrow these? 
And we know those are the blue envelopes that he's going to send everyone to invite them to his death. Absolutely, yeah. And when he tells Craig he's going to America, Craig gives him a big cowboy hat that we've also seen him wear earlier in the series. Yeah. From one of his friends, Stagdoos, I think Craig says. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, like, ties up that loose end. It does. Uh, I, I, I want to shout out to, to the poor, presumably American person who did the subtitles on Netflix when I was watching it, because um, it, 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 he says, oh, this is, uh, he grabs the Stetson and says, oh, this is from Sean's stag. Uh, but they've, they've subtitled it as from Sean's dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is not accurate. And, and like... Do you know what? <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I watch this on iPlay and not Netflix. Yeah. And every time I put it full screen, the screen distorted and went weird. And at the beginning of this episode, I was like, oh, is that like an effect they're using? <laughs> like the whole screen sort of turned 45 degrees and like oh. pixels were out of place. That's and I weird. thought, oh, that's a weird effect. And it took me about five minutes to realise that. <laughs> Oh, no, I need to watch this in Windowed because it's not going to work. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah. So once the Doctor leaves, Sophie comes home. Yep. And probably the bit that I liked least in this episode, Alfie says his first word, and it is Doctor. Yeah. No. hate that. Uh, yeah, because I don't know a lot about babies, but I know Alfie's not old enough to start talking. And if And if he was... At best, to, if he was trying to say doctor, the best he would probably manage at that point would be like, Tah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That, yeah. That's a two-syllable word that requires good enunciation. No chance. Yeah. So that was a bit of a lame moment. I agree. But not so, the, not quite as lame, I feel like, as this the the start of the weird coda um, where the doctor's get, getting back to his TARDIS... And has this weird moment where, like, three children just stare at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he sort of... Imagine you saw this in the street. <laughs> so there's there's three kids playing football. Yeah. And from nowhere, the doctor just starts talking to them. like Yeah, completely like, uninvited. Yeah, he's just like, enjoy your life. You're welcome. I enjoy it here. And it's just like, <laughs> fuck off, pal. <laughs> like, that wouldn't happen in modern society. Yeah. So, yeah, so he says goodbye to all these kids. Yeah. Who then recount this interaction as adults in a report being read by River Song. Yeah, so so the way it's edited is is you get a close-up of each child's face and you hear an adult voice recalling that moment. It's just being like, um, oh, I... I I didn't know at the time. I thought he was like a cowboy or, you know, what I can't remember exactly what they say. But yeah, and then then Rivers obviously she's going she's doing her her research on the doctor in her her study. Yeah, because she's just been promoted to doctor of archaeology herself, hasn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as she's doing this, she's interrupted by Madame Corvarian. Yes. I thought we'd seen the last of her. Mm. It's a bit odd that River doesn't recognise her. Well, she does say, like, oh, no, we made sure of that. Like, you know, they've messed with her brain sufficiently. Ah, So, like, they do explain that away. 
Uh, she's got a couple of silence as, as sort of bodyguards and, and yeah. henchmen standing behind her. So they have a bit of the old, the, the fun you have with silence of, of you see them and then you forget them. Hmm. Just reminding everyone that that's the rule with that. Yeah, and she tells River that River's still her possession. Yeah. And it's time for her to kill the Doctor. And this is where we see her placed in the astronaut suit. Yeah. And put in Lace Lake Silencio. Yeah, that's the one. And that's where the episode ends. Yeah, so we're starting to close the circle. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're all set up for the, for the finale, the wedding of River Song. Yeah, I, I stand by my prediction that it's not the Doctor that gets shot. I think it's one of those tank things that looks like a person mm. that we saw. I forget what they were called. Yeah, but I Ganger is also a possibility. Let's not forget. Also, yeah, it could be both. The Doctor could die. of a Tesselect. <clears throat> yeah, we're just going to have every possible explanation. <laughs> well, who knows? Um, I guess uh, you, dear listener, will have to tune in next week to find out. Um, before we get there, anything else you want to say about closing time? Is it... I'll be honest. Uh, I'm I'm struggling with this one. I don't like. I just like. It's not a bad episode. It just well, I did, it doesn't I did like the bit where. The doctor's working in the toy shop and he has a robot dog. And he says, this isn't as fun as I remember. <laughs> what, just because it's a bit of casual canine bashing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. I don't think this is one that we're going to be talking about in a year's time, is no, it? No, no. I think it's, it's, it's a nice way to kind of give us a little bit of a breather before the finale, I guess. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that good Cyberman story, though. Yeah, same. I, I, I'm trying to think. What else have we had so far? We've, we we had the original two parts, and we had um, Doomsday, you know, the the, the end yeah. of Series 2. Did they pop up in Series 3? I don't think they did, did they? No, no I think maybe the next one was actually that the, the next Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. been a good run for the Cybermen so far, is it? No. And I wish to reiterate, they are my favourite Doctor Who villains. Hmm. We just we just haven't got there yet. <laughs> like... now, what, one thing we should mention, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier, I 100% loved your Doctor Who Easter egg that you received yesterday. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, back, so, back in the day, back in the, the sort of the, your peak tenant uh, era and, and like first first year of Matt Smith was where we re- we hit peak merchandise for Doctor Who, um, and you used to be able to get Doctor Who Easter eggs, you know, with a nice little mug or something in there. I've got some great like oddly specific mugs, like a Jadoon mug, which I think I mentioned on this episode on this mm-hmm. podcast before. I've got one. I've got a nice little one that is is the new Paradigm Daleks from Series Five. You know, the really chunky primary coloured ones. That they oh, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did for that one series, and then basically ditched because they were really badly received. Um, got a little Davros mug. Um, yeah. It's, uh, oh, and I've, I've got a. I've got a, um, a. An egg cup as well from one one year. So there was a, oh, a nice. run of a run of a few years where you got some really good Doctor Who Easter eggs, and then they just completely. They've just disappeared. Whoever the BBC obviously 
their merchandising team don't see it as a priority anymore. Um, so my my partner very kindly, um, were, I, I, as I said. <laughs> As I said on my Facebook post, post, must have searched high and low to get one. And I, I tell you what we'll do is, do you want to throw it up on the Twitter feed? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm why sure not? she would find that. I think it's that. definitely worthy. Yeah. It certainly brought a smile to my face. Yeah, so if you're curious to see what uh, what my partner managed to, to, to find, uh, pop onto our Twitter feed and you'll see my Doctor Who Easter egg. And... Um, I think that's about wraps it up for this episode. So, uh, yeah, join us next week when we will be discussing The Wedding of River Song, Series now, 6 finale. I'm going to make a prediction. <laughs> yeah, go on. She probably won't get married. It's another misleading title. <laughs> well, in the same way as like the Doctor's wife ended up having nothing yeah. to do with River. Yeah. Oh, well, time will tell. Yep. So, so, see yeah. you next week. Yep, thanks ever so much for listening, and cheerio! Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com, and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.